Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Monday, April 26, 2021. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, promulgate, which means to make an idea, a belief, etc., known to many people by open declaration. Promulgate. Well, I hope everyone is enjoying their Monday. It is the beginning of the work week for many of us, or a continuation. But here or there, it is Monday. You are alive and you are blessed. So I hope everyone enjoys their day and enjoys their work week. Of course. And, well, what have we here? Looks like LeBron James finds himself in the hot seat after a tweet in regards to the police shooting of a 16-year-old girl in Ohio last week. Cincinnati, Ohio, I believe. Uh... After the incident where the police shot and killed the young lady, he sent out a tweet with the police officer's picture that captioned pretty much or flat out said, you're next. This is a prime example of getting your information together first and not speaking or tweeting, which appears to be the thing now, or tweeting out of out of anger or emotions. Control your emotions one-on-one. Get all the information together before you start tweeting something damning like this. And many are calling for him to be suspended from the uh, NBA because of his tweet. Well, people have been fired and suspended from jobs for far less. So it possibly could happen if if it gets enough... uh, Enough traction. But, um, man, LeBron, come on, come on. You got to get all your information together. I know you're from Ohio. I know you're from that area. And, 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 and of course, like many of us, when we saw that and, and, of course, realized the young lady's age, we were all caught up in our emotions. But um, details are emerging. Things are coming out. And it looks like uh, I don't want to speak before we know or I know all of the information, but it it doesn't look like it's going to be an excessive use of force, sad to say. That, from what I saw of the video, that uh, scene was in chaos. I know they're saying that she called the police because she was being jumped by some girls and from what I saw, uh, there was a guy there. I, I, I don't know what the, the gentleman had to do with it, but it looks like he was uh, kicking a young lady in her head. I don't know what that was about. But man, this is, I mean, that, that, that scene was in chaos when that officer arrived. And when he arrived, he saw this young lady coming out the house or, or coming out the door with a knife in her hand and, and just willing it and just 
ranting and raving, and then she had one uh, female, another female, hemmed up against the car. Uh, like I said, that that scene was in chaos when that officer arrived on the scene, and it it just developed into more chaos. Chaos once he got out of the vehicle and and was trying to find out what was going on because uh, clearly he didn't know. Uh, wow, just wow. Um, LeBron, you got to get your, your facts. You, you can't run off of raw, raw emotion. I know we were all up in arms collectively after uh, Derek Chauvin and his conviction, and then this came out. I, I think the news media didn't help it any with the, the headline, uh, police shoots another unarmed African-American or black female or young black female or teenager. Uh, that certainly didn't help anything. I think when <laughs> the media, man, the media, I mean, if you don't have all the information or maybe, why would you put that out right on the cusp of that? Right on the cusp of that, you threw out there, hey, police shot another unarmed African-American. Oh, wow. I wonder how that response is going to go. We saw how that response went. And this is a prime example of, like I said, uh, controlling your emotions. Don't speak until you have all of the information. And, and, you know, like I said, they're calling, many are calling for him, for him to be uh, suspended or, or outright fired by the NBA. I wouldn't say it couldn't happen. Like I said, people have gotten fired or suspended from jobs that they were working for years trying to provide for their families have gotten suspended for far less than this. And then you, you add to it that you are a celebrity of, of sorts. You're a superstar. Uh, many call you the goat. You're a living legend. I certainly think you would think before you speak or tweet. That that is the thing now, tweeting. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's move along. Uh, India, man, India is getting hitting hard with a second wave of COVID, and it's killing thousands daily since the second wave began in March. And what they're saying is more than 1 million new cases in three days. And within the last two weeks, the hospitals have been running out of oxygen and ICU beds, leaving patients uh, literally waiting in the streets to be seen in the hospital. There's also mass cremations going on. Now, India reported uh, Sunday 352,991 daily cases of the virus. Man, they are getting hammered. Also on Saturday, 20 critical ill patients died of lack of oxygen. Now, New Delhi, which is the capital, is hit particularly hard due to the fact they don't produce their own oxygen and rely totally on the central government. Apparently, citizens are not only criticizing the government for its lack of preparedness and also its handling of the outbreak. So much so, many are saying they're having to go to the black market provide the basics and essentials that they're not getting from the state and federal governments. And they're also on social media, 
crying. Now, there has been a, a, an outpour. I believe, um, of course, the U.S. and Great Britain have chimed in and said they're going to they're going to offer assistance by sending uh, supplies that are due to arrive sometime tomorrow. Uh, the last thing I heard, man, India, boy, they are getting slammed. I know the population is 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 great there. That they, they do have a a, a large population of, of, of people, but um. To think that you would have to turn to the black market to get supplies to fight or help with you during the pandemic so you can save loved ones and yourself. It seems unconscionable, but that just goes to show you that the depth of, of this pandemic and, and how it affects everyone everywhere doesn't matter. Does It just doesn't matter. COVID is not discriminating against anyone. It attacks any and everyone on any given day. And India is, like I said, they're, they're in their second wave and they're experiencing uh, COVID cases and, and deaths in the thousands daily. That's got to be, man, I, I can't even imagine what they're going through. I just can't. I, I, I really can't. It it does shine a huge spotlight on the government, and just like the article said, their their lack of preparedness. I mean, they can't even produce oxygen. What is going on over there? Maybe it's pretty much like it, it, here in in several other countries. They weren't prepared, just like here. I mean, they just weren't. I mean, who who was sitting around a year or so ago saying to themselves, "Oh shoot," uh, or or before last year saying, "Oh shoot, we need to get the a pandemic plan to, together just in case there's a major outbreak." Like you know, I remember we had the what was that the mad mad cow disease or uh, Ebola years ago. And they were, you know, they had set up these task force or, or pandemic teams to study and, of course, to be prepared. But I, I and, and I know when President Trump came in, he dismantled that program and he caught a lot of flack from that. And, you know, people were saying, oh, now we really need it and we're not prepared. Maybe that was the reason we weren't prepared, but I don't think it was the total reason we weren't prepared. People just never believed that anything like this could happen. I sure didn't. I don't know about the rest of you, but I just didn't. No one ever believed like, hey, you could have something like this that could possibly just wipe out so much of the population on any continent in any country the way COVID has. I shouldn't say wipe out, but it, it certainly has has touched a lot of people in many different ways, not just by death or, or sickness or whatever, you know, if you think back to a, a year or so ago when, when people were freaking out and hoarding all that toilet paper and paper towels, which I, I, I got to say, I still, still, I do not understand what the rush was for toilet paper. Of all things, toilet paper. 
I, I mean, I got the food and, and the water and the canned goods. Yeah, those are essential for survival. But for you to hoard toilet paper, what did you think was going to happen? Really? But like, you know, to get back on topic here, <laughs> I didn't mean to get off topic, but to get back on topic, like I was saying, a lot of places weren't prepared for COVID. I don't, I honestly don't think anyone was in this show. Outside of the deaths, I mean, look how slow the response was. Uh, the response was kind of slow here. Of course, there was a, some initial denying at first. And then there came the, uh, it's not a, it's made up or, or what have you, or, oh, it's not that serious. It's only a few people. It only affects this group, this, uh, age group, this race. Uh, it's not, it's only prevalent. It, it could possibly attack old, the elderly. You know, we all, we did that dance around where it was like a ping pong game where you would, the ball would bounce back and forth from different, different angles or whatever. If you remember that old, uh, early 80s Atari game. I believe it was ping pong. It was, it was uh, loosely made in recognition or, or, or what have you of that. And you remember that ball bouncing around on all four corners of the screen. That's how we were during the early stages of, of COVID because we people weren't just prepared. They just never believed that anything like this could happen. Rightfully so. I certainly never thought that anything like this was happen, would happen. Not in this day and age. No, I didn't. Now, I'm not even going to fake the funk. No one did. But man, India is getting hit pretty hard over there. They are. And, you know, we can harp and, and beat up the government, the, the state or federal level, but it, you it's only so much. I mean, yeah, they deserve a little bit of the blame. You would think by now they would have it together, but hey, that just goes to show you. COVID ain't done and, and it affects you on so many different levels because they can't even produce oxygen. They're running out of hospital beds. They're having mass cremations literally in the street. Oh, wow. Anyway, uh, prayers going up for them, most definitely. And also, I know everyone by now has heard or, or may not have heard, but they've heard of the... Uh, the submarine, the Indonesian submarine that sunk last week. And now they're saying 53 uh, crew members are dead. They found uh, found the, uh, the wreckage, wreckage of the uh, vessel on the ocean's floor. It was broken into three pieces. It broke apart upon its descent, you know, for whatever reason. They're saying that uh, when they found the, the, the what they're finding, the pieces, they found a, a rear vertical rudder, the anchors, outer pressure body, etc. of the uh, KRI Nangala 402, which was an Indonesian submarine. You know, I can remember when I... Uh, <laughs> You know, when you're young, there's so many things you want to do until you really, you know, if you're fortunate enough, you can sit down and think about it and say, ah, no, nah, maybe that's not the right move for me. But I can remember when I first wanted to, when I first joined the Navy or, or thought about joining the Navy when I was still in high school at 18, uh, one of the, the many uh, things that I, uh, or 
avenues I wanted to go down and pursue was to be on a submarine. Second was to be a Navy SEAL, but both of those quests were quickly dismissed after I found out the great in-depth detail work that goes on into it. You know, once Hollywood was taken out of it and reality was put in front of me and, exp- and it was explained, I said, well, maybe a submarine's not for me. They can go down pretty, pretty far. And that pressure. What they're, they're saying is because uh, they found the the suits that are, are you know, are worn by um, those that are on submarines when they lose pressure or whatever, or if they sink, they're finding those life. Uh, they're like life preserved suits. They're full suits, full suits to help you float or float back up to the top. They they're, they're finding you know those in the wreckage, which they're saying possibly chances are it was the crew trying to put those on when they realized, hey, this thing is falling apart. We're sinking and we're sinking fast. Uh, what alert? I guess they had sent out an uh, a message of some sorts requesting to dive and then they weren't heard from. So when they went out to a search from that, that, that last location where that last ping came from, they found an oil slick. And several days later, they found piece, pieces of the submarine on the ocean floor. Wow. Now they're saying the cause could be an electrical failure, which if it were the case, it would leave the submarine unable to resurface after it started its descent. That's a bad way to go. That is a bad way to go. But those submarines, they are pretty strong and powerful and they're not that big as far as width. They just aren't. I mean, a lot of, to give you an example, like I said, when I wanted to, uh, uh, you know, become a, 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 a sub, be on a submarine, I went on a tour, and man, you talk about tight spaces. I don't even think there are any spaces in that thing. It's just like a narrow, congested tube, and that's pretty much what it is. It's a tube, and you got everything. You know, stuff is on the bulkheads, on the overheads. Some things are on the deck. Like when you go to eat, you, you know, the tables fold up and they, you know, they're easily stored because, you, of course, you need room to walk around. And the, the birthing birthing area areas or sleeping quarters, I don't see how they sleep or where they sleep. But, you know, hey, they make a, you know, make do of it. That's a submarine. And that's just how compacted that that living aboard that vessel is. You know, like like I said, I, I did want to join it, but once I found out how far down they go, I thought to myself, I don't want to be down that far. And they never fully tell you the full depth that they can drop. But, nah. I salute those that are on submarines. It, it's certainly something I, I thought I wanted to do. Like I said, I was younger. I was adventurous. Hell, I was 18, fresh out of high school. Why not? I'm going to live forever. Well, you know that, that old saying. When you're that young, you are young and adventurous. And you do think you're going to live forever. But I, I, had, I had the uh, Werenthal, and, and I was thankful for the, the, the person, the petty officer, chief petty officer, 
that was a, a sub. He was a sub guy. He was one of the recruiters. He, he sat me down and talked to me because <laughs> I guess he had already heard the, the, he had already seen those people that those guys or girls that would come in and be wide open and say, Hey, I want to be on a sub. So he sat me down and talked to me and said, yeah, you, 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 okay, cause this is what really goes on on, on a sub. This is how you train. This is, uh, how you, the quals you have to get because the training for those deployments, those guys, are out the sea or under the sea, they're out to sea quite a, a bit in a year's time. I think at that time it was something like nine or 10 months, possibly straight being out to sea in a year. There's only 12 months in a year. You're out to sea nine to 12 times, nine to 12, uh, I'm sorry, nine to 10 months. That's a long time. I don't see how anybody could have any relationship with anyone. That's a long time to be deployed, to be away from home. So those sailors, they're, they're wow, most definitely praying for them, you know, their families. Because that, that is just heartbreaking. It really is. That is, that's got to be a horrible way to go. Literally seeing everything as it unfolds has got to be. Well, I'll move on from that to keep everyone in prayer. Okay. Uh, looks like um, Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California as a Republican. Hmm. Okay. Uh, she hopes to unseat the current governor, Newsom who's facing a recall. Apparently, they've gotten 2.1 million people to sign a petition for him to step aside and or be thrown out of office. Now, all of this is as a result of his, uh, well, partly as a result of his handling of COVID-19, you know, the, the shutdowns and restrictions he's placed on businesses, Houses of worship, school shutdowns, and also they're saying that the, the state's high taxes. Yeah, California always has some high taxes, man. Never been, but man, that's part of that, that's. I got to be honest with you, that's one of the reasons I've never been because they say it's so expensive. I guess my old little southern tale, if I go there and have to pay, uh, <laughs> pay four or three or four dollars for a bottle of water. Yeah, that's a bit too much for me. They always said it was expensive, but that's another reason why there, a lot of people are, are asking for his removal. High taxes and the course of COVID-19 and the shutdown, shutdowns and restrictions. And then there was a dinner. He apparently had a dinner during the restrictions and that really set people off. Uh, I, I believe also, didn't Nancy Pelosi or, or some other legislature there got in trouble for going to a hair salon. Yeah. They, they, whoever it was, they got in trouble for going to a hair salon when they had shut down the hair salons and they were like, well, how did she get a chance to go in there? Hey, special privilege, I guess. Hey, well, Caitlyn Jenner hasn't really came out with a, a political platform, you know, she came out with the, you know, when she announced that she was running, she announced that um, she had been a longtime resident of California 
and has seen the decline of California turning towards a more liberal side, you know, with, and she always thought of California as a place where you could come and live your be- pretty much live your best life and, and realize your fullest potential. And apparently she's not happy with the way the state is going. Hmm. I got a question. Question. Or I got to say. She's in a party that uh, isn't too receptive to those that are transgender. So I'm, I'm, I'm really wondering and anxious to see how this turns out. So far, not too many Republicans have came along and, and said whether they support her or not or what have you. A lot of them have been uh, pretty stiff-lipped. I mean, like I said, the Republican Party, I don't want to say they're they're harsh or, or not accepted uh, of, of those that are, are transgender or or or, or trans uh, or transitioning or what have you. But I don't know about that one. <laughs> I'm not laughing. <laughs> I'm just uh, Caitlyn Jenner, a Republican. I would have thought more down the line of a Democrat because, as we all know, the Democrats are more open and receptive towards transgenders. But the Republican Party, uh, they're not too. Uh, no, they're not. Let's just say they're not too. They're not too keen on that idea. Let's just say that. And that's me using my big words. <laughs> wow. Certainly is a lot going on in the news. You know, I believe um, we've had, uh, of course, the shooting last week of, of the young lady in Ohio. And then also there later in the week, there was the shooting of the uh, seven-year-old at the McDonald's drive-through with a father, that which coincidentally they've caught the uh, the the gentleman they believe did the shooting. And who knows where that'll go? Because that there was again senseless. I think they're saying the father may have been a gang member, slash rapper, slash TikToker, and he would oftentimes do. TikTok videos with his seven-year-old daughter. And she was, of course, you know, shot in the car in a drive-thru at McDonald's. Waiting on her food or whatever. Looks like it's going to be rival gang violence. When will it stop? When will it stop? Well, let's move along here. I found a... An interesting article. I always say, I I know I always say I found an interesting article. Oh my Lord, I couldn't believe it. But this one, uh, it it was very interesting because I had heard people talk about it and I really didn't give it any credence. But apparently there's a Gallup poll, a Gallup, Gallup poll, excuse me, a Gallup poll that was released last month in March that revealed some uh, 
interesting trends that affect the church as a whole. And it also shows how traditional religion has changed. Now, we all remember when we were coming up, uh, when when you would go to church on Sundays or you become a member or whatever, uh, being a member of a church or being on the board uh, of the church or whatever, or what have you, just for a regular person, we're not talking about, you know, the, of course, the preacher or pastor or whatever, but just being a regular member to be a member of a church and you might sit on the board, usher board, or you might sing in the choir or, or what have you. That was seen seen as somewhat of uh, something of prominence. You, you could hold your head up and stick your chest out. You belonged to uh, whatever church it was. You were a member of the board. You weren't just a tithing member. You were active in the church and and you enjoyed it. And, and whenever you went out and about, you know, people would see you and they would say, hey, you're such and such and you belong to such and such, uh, you know. Being uh, uh, back years ago uh, or, century, or however long ago, that was a sign of prominence. Not just in the African-American community, but in every community. That was prominence. If you didn't have nothing else and you, you were a member of a church, as lowly as a mem one member of a church, and you, of course, you know, you sat on the board or whatever, you were really propped up. Now, what this poll is showing also is how that the once popular mindset of, like I said, belonging to a church is quite possibly no more. May not have any credence. Many really don't care if you belong to a church. It used to be something you can, you know, when you went in, you know, I can remember when politicians even, when, when they would announce, you know, they were running and, and of course they list their resume, they would always put up, they belong to such and such church as the deacon or on the board of directors, the trustees board, the treasury department or whatever. But what they're saying as a result of this poll, because this poll just un uncovered a lot. Now what they're saying is there's a decline in church membership. So much so according to Gallup that membership is in the minority for the first time in eight decades. It slipped that much. With 47% identifying with a congregation in comparison with 70% in 1999. So in 22 years, church population has dropped by 23% or, you know, the, the congregation has dropped by 23% in, in the majority of the churches. Now, what they're saying, they're contributing this to is two factors. They are, one, of course, adults with no religious preference and two, lower church memberships among those who do have a religion. But what they're doing, they're participating in what's called church shopping. Now, church shopping is when, of course, you, you, you go from church to church to see which one you like or, or what you feel you can get the most out of. I, I, I don't know. Many would say spiritually they hope, but I think that's more of a social thing. Uh, you know, like before, like I said, it was a social thing to the point it was prominent, but I, I think a lot of people are treating church like a social club. They just are. You can tell when you go in there for the most part. You know, like I said, they're participating in church shopping and they choose not to join any particular church. 
I mean, they go, they pay tithes. Some even participate, serve, but will not join still. It's quite vexing to some of the pastors. Now the Gallup poll goes on to say younger generations, they hold the highest rate of those with no religious preference. It's 31% for millennials and 33% for adults. And that generation Z, those that were, were born in the, 90, the mid 90s to early 2010s, that's your generation Z. Now those millennials that do affiliate with a religion, Declines are apparent and somewhat worrisome. You know, it it went from 63% at the turn of the century to just under 50% in 2020. Now, uh, and and this is is where I'm getting to, you know, I'm getting to it. But this is where I, I really started to question and I said to myself, what are they trying to say? Are they saying what I'm thinking they're saying? Said, no, this can't be. I got to read this again. This, there's no way they're saying this. Now, according to this dean of uh, the School of Mission, Ministry, and Leadership at Wheaton College, he says the trend of people to drop those loose affiliations to religion will only accelerate unless, 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 He says, we want to be Christians that talk to ourselves or other individuals like us. We quite possibly need to redouble our efforts to plant seeds of the church and the teaching of God to an increasingly secular context. Hmm. So let me read that again. Or let me say that again. He says, unless we want to be Christians that talk to ourselves or other like-minded individuals only, we possibly need to redouble our efforts to plant seeds of the church and teaching of God to what he terms an increasingly secular context. Secular content. So what are you, what are you planning to do or what are you in, 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 uh, implying that you need to do? You need to change the word somehow to uh, get the attention of the, the secular audience. I get that. I mean, that, that is what the church, you know, that, that, that is what the church does. I mean, they, they, they don't want the saved. Or, or as, as as Jesus explained it, I didn't come for the saved. I came for you know pretty much. I came for those that were unsaved, the lost, the sinners. So that there, but what what is what's what is this increasingly secular context? What are you going to change the word so somehow you can you can catch their attention? And with you changing the word, are you going to? Uh, I don't know what. It, I don't know what the world that is. It sounds like inclusion and indoctrination. Very much like what's going on with the school system. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like that's what they're they're gearing towards or moving towards. You know, I can understand you trying to get those that, that uh, you know, don't want to join church for whatever reason. And I think part of the reason that a lot of people don't want to jo- join churches is that 
church body. That old church body that can be so, so, so judgmental when them themselves are still out and about, probably doing far worse than those they're criticizing and trying to judge. So I, I get that. But what uh, alarms me is this secular context. What are you gonna? What are you gonna do? What do you mean by secular context? Are you gonna reword the whole Bible to include? I I, I just don't understand that. But I, like I said, I think one of the problems, or or what I I know one of the problems to be is a lot of people don't go to church because they say they just don't want to deal with that church gossip and and and, and that church fellowship nonsense where people are 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 talking and, and, you know, what have you. I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta agree with that because many a times in my past, I had said, man, I don't feel like dealing with that. I don't go to church to, to, to deal with that. I can stay out on the streets and deal with that nonsense. Rightfully so. It's accurate. You can, when you go to church, you're going to get the word. You're going for some direction. You're going to get away from what, you're experiencing outside of those church doors. But then to enter those church doors and hear the same nonsense, it, it, can, it can and it will, it, and it does deter people from going to church. And like they said, the millennials and that generation <laughs> Z, it, it is, that's the reason people don't, really want to go to church and and, and and who could fault them who wants to go and sit up in there and, and and have you under the microscope the whole while that's just nonsense I, I would think I would like to say that we've come a long way since then but uh, we haven't it still goes on you know I've gone to churches and I've uh when I was looking for a church or whatever, I've gone to churches and I've sat in there and I have listened to an hour or two. I got to say of nonsense. I went in one church and I know I sat there for an hour before I got up and I said, you know what? This is not what church is. I'm not getting the word. The pastor spent the entire Service, I kid you not, the entire service was geared towards money. That was his whole sermon. Tithing. Offering. We got a building fund. I want to do this. I want to do that. I got a missionary program I want to get off. The whole thing was what he wanted. And he wanted the church to, you know, give funds to help through tithes and offering. And I said to myself, nah, this is foolishness. I'm not getting the word. Not the word that I need. Now, I understand church has changed, of course. And I understand, you know, like someone said to me, hey, churches have bills that they got to pay too. I understand that. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to debate that. I'm not going to knock that. But I have more than enough common sense to realize and see when I am being hustled. 
And I also have a good deal of common sense when I can see someone's hustling the Lord. Let's call it like a seed. I call it like a seed because that's what that was. That was a hustle. You were hustling. Hustling for money. Coincidentally, um, that church, the building fund, they haven't moved the church. I guess they're still having the building fund. I don't know about the missionary work, but his thing was his building fund. He wanted to build a bigger and better church. Oh, I went to that church, maybe, how old is my oldest son? Maybe 19 or 20 years ago. Still in the same location. Hmm. Maybe I wasn't the only one that wasn't buying that nonsense. Just saying. That's a, that's, that's a huge reason why a lot of people don't go to church. And to address the, the, the possible change, because I believe that's what that that dean of that university or college was saying, that the changing of, of the context to, to attract more from the secular, what he termed the secular outside, or, or to make it more prudent for the, to include secular context. Nah, I don't think you can change God's word like that. In fact, I know you can't change God's word like that. In fact, I know you're not supposed, supposed to change God's word like that. I don't know much in this world, but I do know that. And that's something I never fooled with. And that's something I would never go sit up in a church that I know that's what they're fooling with. There's no way. For whatever reason. Whoever you want to include. Whoever you want to appease, whoever you want to welcome, you don't change God's word. It is what it is. It's as simple as yes, meaning yes, and no, meaning no. You don't change his word to include or in hopes of attracting a broader, broader audience. You just don't. There are many things in this world I will do and have done, but that right there is not one of them. I don't, I don't, I don't fool with God's word. That's just how I was raised. And no, I wasn't raised in one of those Bible thumping households where it was all Mahalia Jackson playing and James Cleveland playing all the time. No, but that woman from Johnston County, the sharecropper, who was the first in her family to graduate high school, who was the first in her family to go to college, she made it clear, don't play with God's word in this household, son. And don't play when you get out there in the world. You never mess with God's word. It is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. I don't know about this inclusion where they're trying to, you know, uh, attract a broader audience. For those that, that, that what they're saying, they want to change to a secular context. Nope, that's a no for me. I can't approve. I, I don't agree with that. It's not for me to approve or anything, but I don't agree with that. And if that's what church is going towards, Lord have mercy on our souls. I don't mean to sound preachy, but certain things you just leave the way it is. And if you're truly saying you want to, you know, those, the church was meant to, uh, uh, you know, the sinners. Eventually, at some point in time, just like I too, and I, I did a lot 
you will return to the church. You will return to God's word. In fact, that's what has helped me returning to God's word where I found that it wasn't iffy. It was final. It is what it is. It was what it was. And it's going to be what it's going to always be. I didn't need to have any implementation of some special phrase or wording to entice me to go to God. I knew what I wanted. I went, sought it out, found it based off of the word, not an inclusion, not an indoctrination to facilitate or coddle my mind into joining the church or believing in Christ. And I got to ask, where's the mindset of these pastors? Are they really trying? Are you that hard up for cash? That's what it seems like. Seems like somebody's trying to work a hustle. Now you're working a hustle in the church? Are you serious? You got to be kidding me. Tell me it ain't so. Well, it appears to be that way. They're trying to figure out a way to get the uh, the youngins into church to increase the membership. Maybe they're trying to impre- increase that tithes and offering. And that building fund. That building fund is, oh my Lord. How many people, I wonder how many people, if I talk to people, how many people say they went to a church that had a building fund. And that building fund started 20 some odd years ago and it still hasn't moved. The church is still in the same location. Now, there has been one church here in Durham that that I know that has put that money to good use. In fact, they they started a charter school here. Pretty good charter school, too. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it that. Let me do it. I mean, come on, man, 20 years. 20 years or more, you're still having a building fund. And now you got those that are saying that the membership is declining or has declined. And now we want to offer a teaching that includes a more secular context. Huh. Okay. See where your hand is at? Since some pockets trying to get some money. Because nowhere in the Bible does it says at any point in time, I mean, I'm not a, a, a religious person. I, I read the Bible, but I, I, I've been reading for a while. I've never seen in the Bible where it says at any particular point in time in history, you can change the word to in hopes of including some word, someone or getting them to join to understand God's word. No, I, I know full well that's not it. Like I said, I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm not a... a a, a theology student don't have any aspirations of being that but I do read the Bible I do pray for better understanding of his word and his guidance his grace and mercy and favor but I've never ever read that in the Bible read any stories of that it's always been this is the word this is the way you you are to live your life or maybe try to live your life. But this is this. This ain't that. This is this. At least that's what I, I, I've, I've always felt. Or what I discovered. Or, or learned. I should say. 
I don't know. Like I said, maybe, maybe it's something I miss. You know, hey, what do I know? Don't mind me. I'm just rambling. But you, you, <laughs> you, 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 you're trying to do it with school with this indoctrination and, and inclusion. But now it appears you're trying. Some some people are trying to dabble in religion, and that's where I completely draw the line at. I'm sorry. I know I'm not sorry. I don't do that, and nor do I want that. But the way things are going now, that might very well be happening before you know it. Hmm. Amazing. Like I said, I don't understand the mindset of some folks. I often question a lot. But when I read this article and, and they were talking about how they were um, having such a hard go at it as far as membership and, and and getting people to join churches and become, well, getting people to be more active in church and join and this dean's response just didn't blow my mind, but it made me think and call some things to the forefront about what I've seen over the years and now what's happening in our society as far as the acceptance of certain things and certain ways of life. It kind of makes you wonder. Is it really the end of times? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't give you a definitive answer. But I can tell you if you, I mean, you know, not to sound like one of those people with that hellfire and brimstone, but once again, I was taught if you ever fool with God's word, you stand by to stand by because it ain't going to be pretty. And that sounds like what they're gearing, they're gearing up to do or moving towards. Wow. Wow. Just wow. I, I, I don't know. You make your own decisions. You make your own choices. Certainly everyone does have a right to go to church. I never deny that. Whatever your lifestyle choices is or are. But when you say that you're going to possibly or change the word somehow, some way to include a secular context. That's where I draw the line. That's where I say, eh, nope, nah, that's a no for me, dog. Nope, 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 nope. Well, I'm going to get on out of here. Get to moving. I got the day off. Your blue Monday is my Friday. Ha <laughs> ha. How about that? Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Once again, Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. So offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public and also on Verbal and WordPress. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought.
Amen.